here we go daddy's back what is up everybody and welcome back to another episode of the neon belly podcast because we are your host nate john and let's get into today <laughs> oh brandon's here. yeah you left oh. me out i'm here sorry today. Uh, brandon's wait, here today wait wait we left you out or you left yourself no out? he just left me out just uh, now. i just get so like, used to things you just know? now <laughs> interesting <laughs> well today we're gonna recap ufc fight night tj dillashaw versus Corey Sanhagen. We'll also give you our picks and predictions for this Saturday because we do have another fight night headlined by Uriah Hall versus Sean Strickland. And as always, we'll bring you all the news and happening in the world of combat sports and so much more. But first, what's up, boys? And welcome back, Brandon. What's yeah. up? You guys miss me? I don't know. Be honest. I don't think that's our call. Yeah. What do you mean? I'm asking you guys. I think that's up to the listeners, not us. Yeah. Well, I'm asking you two directly. Mm. We, we say whatever the listeners say. Yeah. <laughs> so I try, I try to pander to them. <laughs> yeah, just go with the sure. masses. Yeah. yeah, we just go with the masses. It's like the first time in a while we didn't get to the breakdown of the intro. I know. So how was your week off? It was pretty nice. It was, it was what it was. Yeah. yeah? Did you get stung by a bee? Never. I've never been stung by a bee. I don't believe that. Never. Zero Actually, ones. I do believe it because to get stung by a bee, you have to go outside. And I'm guessing as a kid, yeah, exactly. You didn't go outside very <laughs> much. I imagine he's much a swat, swat, run inside. That's why I don't come outside. Yeah. yeah. Shut the door. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, 100, 100%. Yeah. Well, what's up, boys? How was everybody's week? It was good. Had a new experience last night. Oh, a couple, yeah. couple new ones. A couple new experiences. Yeah. yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> very interesting. Yeah. Add. Some good food. Hey, did you guys notice? Uh, yeah, we went to uh, for my birthday. We went to, I was saying at Fogo de Chow, but did you hear the waitress when she came up? She was like, I don't even know how she pronounced it. No. It was like Fogo de Chio or something like she said it like completely different. It like, mm, I it, didn't was, notice that. it must have been the cor- uh, correct pronunciation, yeah, the Portuguese. <laughs> yeah, because I was just like, uh, <laughs> that was weird. Okay. Or, she, or she didn't know and she was trying to do that Daniel Cormier, just like uh, say it real quick. Little UFC reference, Keith Peterson, she did smell like cigarettes and alcohol. I was going to bring that up. <laughs> so, I'm glad you were on the edge then. Yeah. We had the uh, Keith Peterson of waitresses for sure. Because oh, yeah. she had a rough day. Oh, dude. Every time she like came up, she just like reeked of cigarettes and, and a little bit of alcohol. Mm. A little bit of snaps. So, yeah. A little bit of snaps. A little bit of snaps. But yeah, man, we went to Fogo. Um, I loved it. I thought it was really good. It's an interesting dining experience, to say yeah. the least. Uh, very busy. Always somebody moving. Very um, stimulating. You can't. There's not yeah. like a relax. No, it's it's kind of hard to talk. Because you're right on top of each other. It's loud. Yeah. You know, the salad bar takes you, unless you're us, where we could just get walk uh, up to yeah, it. Yeah, time it out. Everybody else took an hour. But then, like, <laughs> these gauchos that are bringing you meat, just, it's not even like a excuse me. It's a, I plop the meat in front of you. Boom. Do you want it? Yeah. Do you want it? And they just freaking <laughs> throw it on your plate, yeah. and there's just blood all over your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Which they didn't t- I've never been, obviously, so they didn't tell me about the tongs thing. So yeah. the very fir- I'm the very first person to get something or get the steak, and he starts cutting it, and it just lands on the table, and he's looking like... Tongs. tongs and i'm like oh yeah Them that's tongs, what they're tongs, tongs. Yeah. yeah yeah nobody told us yeah. it was definitely overall from beginning to end um a very very good experience i didn't memorable i didn't expect to not like some of the meats i will say that some of them i did not like mm-hmm. like that little pigeon thigh or whatever they it is they gave <laughs> us, that thing was uh that thing was a little gamey. Yeah. I didn't mind that. I was Ugh. and there was a the lamb. Yeah, I didn't the, like the lamb. The lamb chop things. Uh-huh. Those were real game. I have not had lamb that tasted like that. It was not. Yeah. 
I did, didn't really care. I didn't get you got. Did you get like the one with the bone on it? Yeah, I never got one That's of those. The, they didn't come around. The shaved lamb was good. Yeah, that one that was on the bone was a little marrowy. <laughs> yeah, I had one that was like a. I think it was like a top sirloin or something. But it was the only one that didn't have like a lot of flavor. Dude, if it was wrapped in bacon, it was like the best thing ever. There. Or parmesan. Yeah. Or yeah. parmesan. Yeah. Yeah, the parmesan pork was good. Yeah, the sirloin, everything was good. I mean, it was good. The should we mention the cheese? Oh, the cheese with the honey, mm. man! I was telling him I had a little bit of honey on my fork still when I first took the bite. Yeah. So my next couple of meat ones had a little bit of that honey. I was like, I don't even need to drizzle some of that on all of this. <laughs> no, I I told Ash we were driving home and we drove by White Castle here in town. I'm like, we're going there next weekend to get <laughs> cheese sticks, and I'm dipping them in honey. Yeah. Because now I got cheese it. curds. Anything. I, got, I know. Like, who even thought? Yeah, it mm. was amazing. Well, do you want to tell them about how it started out? Yeah, we got there and. I don't even know how to even set the whole thing up. Cause so we we had waited outside. Oh, um, I thought you were gonna start from the beginning. Beginning. What do you mean? When we thought we might be walking into a bogey. Oh gosh! When we walked in the bathroom, it hit that bathroom <laughs> with Nagasaki was going on in the <laughs> toilet. Yeah. Well, he was like, we walked in the bathroom and there's this guy waiting, and he's like doing the I thought pee pee dance, but apparently no, it was, it the was poopy him. Dance. I'm trying to hold this in. <laughs> you had the best analogy of what it sounded like. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> well, he he goes to the bathroom. I don't even know if he locked the door. He might not know. He I mean, you're not gonna go in there after him no. because. <laughs> You heard him sit down. You kind of heard a little bit of a grunt, and then it was like uh, yeah. a pot of ravioli getting dumped into a bathtub of water. <laughs> <It was best>. <laughs> <laughs> and I just stiffened up. Nathan had already walked away to the to the sink, and I'm at first I was like, man, I wonder if he just like dipped out and didn't want to be in here anymore. And I seen it was him. We make a, the eye contact, and it's like, whoa, Oof. we might be in for it. <laughs> yeah, this guy uh, a little foreshadowing. I mean, here's the thing. He's probably never felt better in his life than walking out of there because whatever he, oh. <laughs> whatever he exercised out of his body, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah, it's at Fogo now. So then we go outside to wait for our table, and these I don't know. They were definitely kids, right? There's like three of them that walked by, yeah. and they were arguing. I couldn't tell who was arguing with who though. Well, there was a okay. There was a dude with no shirt who was in front, and he was yelling back to what ended up being the main attraction. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> you know, you're bummy, you're dusty, blah, blah, blah. They, that's why I see. We'll get to it. But that's why I thought I was so confused because I thought those two yeah. were like, okay. And they yeah. were arguing with the other dude. Right. Well, and then they disappeared down the block and all of a sudden. Well, you could hear him. Yeah, you so could hear the, him yelling. At the begin right there though, at the beginning, all I noticed was three. Is that, a, yeah. is that the yeah. right number? Okay. Yeah. And then, like, the dude who, like I said, ended up becoming the main star was like, that's why I'm going to disguise y'all, expose y'all. I'm kicking y'all out, which I almost died <laughs> I laughing almost because. My, I almost spit my water. <laughs> I've never heard somebody uh, confuse expose with disguise. I'm going disgu- to expose y'all. <laughs> uh, next thing you know, we hear, oh, they are fighting. And we look, and it's a girl yeah. about to fight this guy, and then it turned into real fighting. Oh, and they then, beat uh, the ever-living yeah. dog yeah. shit. At some point, like, two or three kid. more people show oh, up. Oh, there was ended up being, like, five at the end yeah. of it. Yeah, and one dude just getting the brunt end of all of it. All, yeah. Even the girl. I mean, the, well, well, and it was a guy fighting the girl, and I get well, from the way it sounds, he hit her, and then the, they all basically it, the whole jumped thing, on him. Yeah, well, which she was in his face, and then next thing you know, they're moving back towards us. You it hear, just, yeah. Pop, Sound like two stakes hitting the ground. <laughs> yeah. And then they start moving toward us. Nathan's like, back up. I see Brandon. He's tactical sprinting, pushing his, his wife. Well, and for, keep in mind, this is all happening right outside of Fogo. Like, they literally were, yeah. it, like, it ended, like, at the doors of Fogo Day Chow. Yeah. Like, they're, like, blasting like right, this right kid in the face. Me. Like, right, yeah. And 
my thought at first, because I think I looked at Ash or you guys, and I was like, we're going to have to jump in this, because I thought the girl was about to get beat up by all these dudes. Yeah. I didn't realize it was the one Psych. guy that, yeah, I mean, that girl just nailed that. I mean. The Indianapolis Valentina just showed up. <laughs> yeah. Ding, ding, ding. I mean, when I tell mink, you guys, mink, mink. this kid got, I mean, his yeah. eye was, sw- I mean, he's bleeding out of his bad. mouth, his nose. His yeah. nose was clearly, like, busted yeah. or broken. His, his eye, eye was a oh. medium rare for sure. There was, like, five. Of him, yeah. Fogo joke. <laughs> he had to be there. Yeah. I mean, his eye was, but then he's just like talking to himself, remember? And he's like, yeah. I'm going to kill all of them and they sleep. They don't even know. Broad, broad daylight. daylight. Broad daylight. Like, yeah. uh, table for six. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just going to wait inside. Yeah. I feel like we. I wish we would have filmed it because it's too hard to even. We can't even put it. Like no. the whole, from the beginning to the end of it is just the wildest. Like, it literally started a block down where we're like, yeah, yeah. look at this. And then next thing you know, we're like, oh, shoot, they it's, they're right on us. Let reason. me interject my favorite part of the whole story. Mm-hmm. As they start moving toward us, well, there's two parts of the story. As they start moving toward us, a manager and a bellhop <laughs> yeah. come running out, whistling, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> like, that's going to stop it. And then the manager tried to get in between him. And I guess he had like hit or shoved that girl. And one of the dudes was like, hey, you don't hit no girl, bro. And he was like, yeah, you're right. And he just took off. <laughs> he just left like, oh, you're man. right. You're right. You man. know what? Good. But my favorite part of the whole thing, there was a couple close to the door. <laughs> yes. And as they start like fighting. It the, was, uh, let's keep it. It was very Caucasian out yeah. in front of the folks. Oh, 100%. So there was a lot of uncomfortable people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> except for this guy. Uh, a lot of there's, people. <laughs> there's a couple in front of the door. And as this starts happening, his this guy's wife just like runs to the door and she's just like i don't want to be a part of this we're going inside and she's looking back at him and the guy's name was travis she said travis come on and he kept on looking at her like hold on let me watch this i don't <laughs> yeah. i've been in the house for two weeks yeah. <laughs> he was wearing like sunglasses and yeah. like a a dry fit and, polo well, that's the thing we're in downtown indy it wasn't only just caucasian it was like rural caucasian oh, yeah. like <laughs> we only come to the city once a year yeah, yeah. and this, this is our this is my good old navy it's our anniversary <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of so he kept on like waving her off like nah, just let me watch this so she gives up and goes inside and he's just sitting there like like smiling like yeah <laughs> i love this chaos till they get about a two yeah. feet from him and he just oh, 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 oh. runs inside the door and I know, i'm sure she gave him the see that's what you get i love how like it was so funny how everybody was outside and then literally nobody was outside and when we went in for our table Everybody was inside, like, like yeah. Like, it was just a fight with a bunch of kids. Well, here's like, the other thing: you just don't want things to like circle back around. Yeah. Well, it's just crazy that it started down the block, and we're like we watching it from and worked and some itself. kid pulls up on a scooter, jumps off, oh, and sneaks. That kid sh- made me nervous. Yeah, that kid made me a little because I was like, I thought at one point he had a gun for sure. Yeah. So. It was interesting, man. It was great. Couldn't, and had some good steak. Couldn't have planned it better. Yeah, and then we went in and ate. <laughs> like, like nothing happened. I remember Ash was like still shaking before yeah. we went to yeah, the table. Her, her adrenaline was adrenaline just... was on ten. I actually didn't have really any. I don't know. I was alright. My my wife's similar oh, yeah. similar to that scenario. She's zero like conflict skills whatsoever. <laughs> so like anything like that happens, she's immediately like, "How do I get out of here?" Like yeah. trying to find the way out, and like so she's dragging me. Will like, you kill for us? Yeah. <laughs> she's <laughs> looking at you in the eye, like, "If you have to kill for us, do it. I'm okay with it." <laughs> That's yeah. where she was at. Yeah. Well, boys, let's get into the episode. But before we do, Brandon, since you weren't here last week, tell people what they need to do if they're listening right now. Please like us, give us a review on Apple, give us five stars, follow us on our Twitter and Instagram pages at Neon Belly Podcast. Anything else? No, that was actually not bad. That's pretty. Look, look, you know what? Let's clap it up for Brandon. Wow. I'm, I'm happy, proud. <laughs>
Yeah. You did something this week. I'm man. glad you earned your keep. Hey, hey. Cool. We were getting worried about you, but you're off to a good start. Yeah. <laughs> There's still time to mess it up, yeah. though. Hey, put the well, contract on. <laughs> yeah. Well, boys, last night, our main event, TJ Dillashaw defeating Corey Sanhagen via split decision, 48-47 across all judges' scorecards. Um, yeah, let's just get right into it. because So this whole card, to me, was... Phenomenal fights, top to bottom, the main card. Um, obviously, we were gone most of the night, so I think we all only watched the main card. Mm-hmm. I watched the golf fight. Okay, I watched the uh, Soriano, Brendan Allen as well. But um, we're judging all night. Um, I personally felt like TJ won the first round. Came mm-hmm. out really impressive, actually. I was really impressed uh, with how TJ came out in that fight. Um, kind of what I expected, too. Last week I talked about, you know, he just kind of came out. Didn't really look like he missed a beat. Um, I think they would even talked about it, too. You know, no ring rust or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was ready to go. Won the first round pretty convincing. Uh, uh, Sanhagen, I was really impressed. I was actually really felt really good for Sanhagen because he was doing those like kind of Grammy rolls mm-hmm. every time Dillashaw would get to his back and mm-hmm. he was able to, you know, kind of get back to his feet that way. And mm-hmm. it worked until it didn't, you know, and then I think that's kind of what won TJ the round is he was able to kind of counter it a bit and stay on top. Second round, I thought Sanhagen came out and looked really good mm-hmm. at the end of the first TJ's knee was pretty compromised. You could tell from that mm-hmm. kind of, I don't know, what was that? Like he just kind of had, it was kind of a weird unorthodox knee lock, weird thing. Oh yeah, right was, at the end. It was almost like a inverted, like kind of. He was almost like outside ashy for a minute, but then he like kind of figured. He was below the it. knee. Yeah, he was like below the but knee. But there was a moment right before the bell. They were showing it on the fight as the replay that it was like kind of from the extension when TJ was standing over. But they kind of transition or roll right before the round was over, and I think that's where it happened. If you go back and watch, mm-hmm. TJ's knee did something real funky there, and before yeah. they had even called it, I was like, ooh, did his knee pop there? Because it looked really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so TJ came out second round, and you could tell the knee was bothering him, and Sanhagen landed with him some really big shots on him. Um, dropped him in round two. Yeah, right? some of those shots like just completely threw uh, TJ's head back, you know, mm-hmm. you know, straight looking straight up at the ceiling third round he came out i thought tj won the third round looked Mm -hmm. good again it's like you know they're almost trading rounds fourth round i thought sanhagen won personally and then that fifth round i think is ultimately what it came down to although i saw some judges scorecards and i think one judge i'll look it up in a minute gave um tj like the second or fourth and i'm like what like i didn't i didn't get that at all but uh yeah it was some weird judging all night but man i feeling from like how I watched it last night, I personally felt like Sanhagen did enough in that fifth round with the striking. I thought he landed the bigger shots. I thought he landed more volume. I know I think TJ had a couple like kind of kind of controlled him along the fence again. I don't remember him scoring any takedowns in that fifth. Um, but personally, I just felt like Sanhagen did more in that fifth round. So, what are your guys' kind of thoughts? That's kind of the overview of the whole fight. Um, a quick overview, but what are your guys' overall thoughts? I don't. So I kind of agree. I think Sanhagen won the majority of the striking exchanges. Um, I think he really did a good job of using his length because he had that small reach advantage. He was mm-hmm. able to catch TJ on the end of his punches quite a bit, and it showed because he had a pretty nasty cut on TJ as well. Oh, yeah, that's um, right about that cut. That the, was gross. The big thing for me was – so. TJ initiated a lot of those wrestling exchanges where he got to he got to Sanhagen's back what like thirty times mm-hmm. stupid, but the, in my opinion he never did anything with it. 
Like he just he he held in the back a lot. Um, Sanhagen was able to scramble in the beginning pretty well to get out, and even towards the later rounds, he would just he did a really good job defensively in terms of wrestling. And when he was on his back, I thought he was doing a good job throwing up triangles, throwing up some submission attempts. Like he was just constantly active. Mm-hmm. So I, that's what kind of bugged me was I I don't I wonder if they scored some of that wrestling for TJ when that's where it gets really hard, right? Because it's like how much of that is TJ being offensive with wrestling versus Sanhagen shutting down the wrestling and and being somewhat counter right. counterproductive. And they, I think they kind of talked about that on the broadcast is, you know, like that back, that rear body lock position is you can't really count that as like, I mean, how do you score? And they were even kind of like, how do you score that? And I'm with you. I'm kind of more in that. I just looked it up. It was the third judge gave um, TJ the fourth round, and that's why mm-hmm. he won the fight. And that's so annoying because mm-hmm. I felt like decisively – I feel like it came down to the fifth round. Yeah. And I'm not even so mad if you kind of thought... T- it was a close round, mm-hmm. right? But to know he lost the fight because because that he that same judge mm-hmm. gave Sanhagen the fifth round. Yeah. So how do you give him the fifth but not... I mean, just some weird... Well, that's score, why you don't man. leave it to the judges. And that's true, you know? too. And it was a great fight. Yeah. I, let's not over... I, I don't want this whole thing to be overshadowed by the fact both of those guys went in there yeah. and just looked great. Well, when you have such a good fight, it sucks that somebody has to lose. Yeah, um, sure. I would say... I felt like, um, first of all, props to TJ for surviving because he said he had that cut in camp, yeah, so he knew yeah. it was going to be a, a chance. It busts open from that flying knee, or no, it was a right, but he took that flying knee, recovered. Yeah. He took that right took couple, that busted it. A couple knees. Um, and then the leg, and by the third round, he basically completely just said, you know what, forget this, I'm going to just fight, and that, he did. Yeah, and that adjustment in the third round when he started throwing leg kicks, yes. I think that was like, that's what he did really well is he adjusted mid-fight. I think he knew that leg was cooked, so he just started mm-hmm. going to Sanhagen's leg, and Sanhagen said it didn't bother him much, but it seemed to kind of slow him down a little bit. I don't yeah. know if it was, a, I mean, I don't think Sanhagen's ever been in those later rounds, but he mm-hmm. definitely seemed to slow a little bit, and he wasn't moving quite the same, and could have been a fatigue thing a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. not having been in those later rounds. But that's another thing, too, is a, a veteran like TJ um, is once you get in those later rounds, man, he knows how to mm-hmm. win fights there. And, and it's not – never done it before. It's not yeah. easy. Well, and I, and I think, you know, for the as far as for the rest of the fight, I felt like with that back position and as somebody who's, you know, you know we've had – we've watched our buddy Damien fight, and he's had people beat him by holding him against the cage for most of the round – multiple times they're not doing damage they're not being offensive as far as like taking him down and things like that they're just controlling him on the fence he just couldn't get out of it and i feel like this is the same where tj was controlling him pushing up against the fit holding him for there he had like nine minutes of control i believe and Corey had zero so when you start taking things into consideration like Obviously, Corey had more head strikes. TJ had almost 40 leg kicks. When you start looking at the metrics, it is super close. So you get to that last round, and I, I think it's like real neck and neck. I think probably for me, it, I'm, I'm in the – if I watched it five times, I'd probably find somebody different every time, I feel like, in that fifth round because TJ started just moving forward and trying to throw flurries, and so he was going for it. Corey was, you know, counter-striking, trying to go for it as well, so – that is one thing I will say. I did notice, I think it was at least round five, maybe the, a few rounds before too, but TJ was doing a bit more of the of the put, like pressing. Like he yeah. was moving forward a bit more than, than Corey, and I think that, that that did play well, a bit of a factor. I think a lot of that had to do with too because 
in like from Corey's, you know, he, which could have been the legs hardest, but every time Sanhagen was coming forward, I feel like TJ was having his best success because that's where he was every time, you know, and Sanhagen would throw like those spinning kicks and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's just like, and then he would get his back taken or he, and every time he walked forward, TJ would initiate, you know, the clinch and, mm-hmm. and he would land big shots on the inside. And I'm just like, that was a bit frustrating to me as the fight went on, as I felt like Sanhagen was coming more inside and, and it was just, and I mean, I, yes, TJ was def- definitely, you know, pushing forward, but I think that's mm-hmm. more because Sanhagen realized I can't just keep walking into this guy because it's not working. Yeah, and I he seen, does his best work when he's on the outside. Yeah, too. I seen somebody tweet if Sanhagen never does any of the spinning stuff, he probably wins. Yeah, and it, well, and there, there's a possibility, but we've also seen with the Aljo fight, and we thought maybe he had worked it out a bit of his system is when guys pressure. Saint Hagen, he does struggle with that. Mm-hmm. And I think TJ, once again, veteran, later rounds, knows how to win fights. He realized that too and was like, all right, now I got to, you know, really push. And I will say my biggest takeaway from this is one, I don't think San Hagen really loses any stock in no, a great fight. No, no. TJ obviously puts everybody back on notice as, you know, you still have to deal with me. And to be honest, based off of the, both of those, how they fought in there, I don't think the winner of Aljamain and Yon are going to be real confident. I don't think they've looked good their past couple of fights. I actually want to. I'm a, that was actually my next question is, do you guys think based off that, that uh, TJ solidifies himself as the number one contender for that Jan Aldo winner? Or do you guys think that uh, he should have to fight somebody else again? Mm, I, I don't know. I could see you throwing him to the winner. Um, yeah. Just because he had the belt before he left and mm-hmm. came back and he did fight. He just beat San Higgins, who was ranked two whatever he was ranked mm-hmm. so i mean I, I think it'd be i would be okay actually i think with him fighting for the title and i mean they did the same thing with john jones you know yeah. he got he got out from the the whatever he got suspended for i don't remember what that was for that time and then he fought osp then got yeah. the title shot i just think it, <clears throat> it's gonna be interesting to see where obviously this week uh tj will be reinserted into the rankings mm-hmm. um so i and i think he said it too is it you just kind of got to see where they put him in there at um you know, kind of looking at the top, you know, you got Aldo, Garbrandt, um, Morice, uh, Frankie, Font, which I think Rob Font and Sanhagen's a great fight. I because I just don't think, um, you know, for a guy like Sanhagen, I think you just you should stay up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it's just such a good fight. Did you hear what he said in his post fight about talking to was it Shelby talking uh-uh. to Sean Shelby? Mm-mm. He basically made him pinky promise that he's still one fight away from the title. And, really? And he agreed. <laughs> yeah, then Sean Shelby, according to San Higgins. Well, I mean, I, so, if you look at it like this, you know, um, if I'm fine, I probably, I'd rather take TJ than San Hagen because San Hagen's coming off a loss and Font, you just beat. No, but I'm, what I'm saying is, that's that's my question is does TJ have to fight one more because yeah. if you think if you think TJ gets a tie you know the winner of Jan Aldo then I'm just saying for Rob Font I think you could do a San Hagen. Yeah. But that's yeah. what I'm asking you guys. Do you think there should be another one? or I think, I mean, what he said, I think, is what you should do is either give him the title shot or give him somebody in the top five. He said he's will- he just wants to fight. So TJ? Yeah. yeah. So I think. I think that's cool, too. I like that he's not necessarily dead set on a title. Here's the thing. I think sure. if you do, if you give Rob Font the winner, then you set up Garbrandt and TJ. You could do Garbrandt sales and Sanhagen. You like, could do Garbrandt and Sanhagen, too. Yeah. You know, Rob Font's on a four-fight win streak. Uh, so. Well, you know, if Aldo wins this Munoz fight. You are, you guys yeah. want to see Garbrandt Dillashaw again? No, I said Sanhagen. I said that just because it's going to sell itself. They're just going to yeah, but Cody's, build up. Cody's not winning right now. He's on a bit of a losing streak, right? Didn't you just say he's top five? 
Cody? Let me check. Yeah, I'm sure you read fifth, but let me see. He lost uh, to. He just lost to Font. He lost to yeah. Font, and then before that, I remember he had that long. Yeah, he's number. Before five. that, he beat uh, Rafael Sunsau with that knockout. Yeah, you're yeah. right. And then he was all he was off for a while. Before yeah, that, so right? he's yeah. kind of out though. I mean, you're not going to give him TJ uh, unless they just want to do like a tune-up thing, you know, in between. Yeah. But I still think if you're going to do that, I think Font deserves that if anybody yeah. does i was just saying the sanhagen font thing if you wanted to do john yeah. aljo next um but yeah i mean there's the good thing is the top of the 30 the 35 pound divisions deep mm-hmm. and there's there's so many good options there now um i just the whole epo thing is just with tj you know I, i've seen some kind of stuff today and kind of another question is do you guys think you know time served he did the punishment you know move on from it or do you think that still carries a little weight as far as how people view him and how the UFC should, you know, book him for his next fight. Like, I think a lot of people, so what I'm saying is I think a lot of people could be really upset mm-hmm. if in the next fight uh, he's fighting for a title. Yeah, I, when I looked at the, because one of my favorite things about fights is looking at the fighters' reactions to the fights. Yeah. And when as I'm reading them, it's 50-50. Either sure. people are really kind of like TJ's fighting style and was like, glad to see him back, or they're all like, kill that cheater, he should have lost. Yeah. But I feel like, I mean, there's guys who've got caught with stuff and did didn't do two year of a suspension, yeah. and he took it, owned up to it. Not many many people are doing that either. Yeah. Um. Basically, just said, you know, I I just got caught up in it. It is what it is. So if he's clean now, I mean, I don't see. I mean, you could you could view him a certain way, but right. the guy just you know, went toe-to-toe with the number two fighter yeah. in his wank division. Yeah. Like, I definitely don't think the UFC should do anything in terms of where they, who they book him with or anything because of that, but I can understand people not. Yeah, fans will be, feel how fan. they feel. And I just, I, it would just be so funny, right? Say Aljo beats Jan, and, like, the way he even got the title is so, you know, mm-hmm. goofy. And then TJ beats, like, uh, Aljo, and then it's like, okay, now you got a champion that, you know, was caught cheating and the, i don't know it'd just be kind of like a weird dark mm-hmm. cloud a little bit in some sense over that title it's mm-hmm. just that title's already been through like a weird tra- transition but, anyway if you know anything the ufc loves a villain yeah no it works because man. it books every time I've Corey heard, covington or colby covington yeah is another one of those like it's gonna book every time because people just want to see him lose because they don't like him yeah, yeah i i personally think Piotr jan is the best 35er in the world and i think Corey Sanhagen was number two for me personally. Mm-hmm. I think TJ just beat the number two guy. So to me personally, it does, it's not a big deal to me. I mean, it's yeah. two years served, whatever. And I think you have to give him the winner. I just think he looks really good last night. And um, like I said, I know all the controversial. I don't agree with the decision, but it is what it is. And mm-hmm. he had a great performance and looked like mm-hmm. he belonged with a guy I think is probably one of the best 35ers in the world in Sanhagen. One quick thing from like the fighter te- or fighter tweets, uh, Eddie Alvarez after the second round said personally i would stop this if i was tj's corner you got to think about his leg and da 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 i wouldn't let him fight in the third and then after the third he tweets tj's a warrior man this is incredible <laughs> um the fun the to me the best tweet about it all was you see what uh habib tweeted uh i saw him tweet like two Jan versus tj 2022 in russia fire emoji <laughs> that'd be good it would be good and anything could happen man you know mm-hmm. like aljo you know he's got the he's recovering you know he's he, right past aljo oh, dude we saw yeah <laughs> we, right well we saw you know we saw um you know with francis you know he couldn't do it under the timeline they wanted even though i think aljo yawn it seems like they've got a date for that i can't remember yeah we'll we talked about news. it on that yeah um but our co-main event boys how leon paiva defeating kyler 
Phillips be a majority decision, 29-28, 29-28, and 28-28, which is, that's how I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's weird, right? Because, once again, this is another just really bad judging. Um, that first round, Kyler Phillips, 10-8. I mean, I think yeah. he dropped him like two or Four three times. times. Yeah, like. um, super dominant. Piva never got anything off, off offensively, in my opinion. Um, second round. This is like Kyler Phillips, right? You know, you're you're a young guy developing. He's got to learn from this. Is you can't go out like we've seen with like Michelle Pieta or these other guys and just throw the kitchen sink and just gas yourself out. Mm-hmm. He's got to slow down. I yeah. mean, that dude, he was spinning and flipping, and I mean, it was like crazy, right? And he's mm-hmm. he's he's always on his toes and bouncing, which I think can work for him, obviously. But he's got to learn to kind of control it, like a guy like San Hagen. San Hagen doesn't throw everything or um, uh, like a. Uh, uh, Trevor Whitman was with Gaethje, fifty percent, dude. Like we got to yeah, slow those yeah, punches, you know. Off. Yeah. So, I, and I think Phillips is going to learn. But Piva went on. To me, he definitely won the last two rounds. Mm-hmm. Phillips was absolutely gassed. Um, so it's kind of tough, right? Because I still think Piva won. You know, if you're going, he did win two, but that first round was definitely a ten eight. Mm-hmm. Next two ten nines should have been a draw, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Yeah, I feel like you know, for Phillips. The lesson you learn is, outside of just not throwing so much, is they need to work on. If he's a, if he was a cleaner finisher, yeah, he finishes him in the first round. Every time you hurt him, he would try to do ground and pound, and he'd just throw hard punches and miss, yeah, and then it'd give him chances to recover. And um, and I even think in some of the later rounds, he got him down on the ground and was able to try to land some big shots, but he was just doing too much. It's just those spins, man. When you like, yeah. how many of those kicks did he throw? Kind of like we said with Sanhagen, he threw those spinning kicks, and you're you're too close to your guy, and you know mm-hmm. you're basically hitting him with the back of your quad, you know, and then they just take you down, and it's like, and then he was still throwing them when he was tired, like you could tell mm-hmm. he was so gassed in that second and third round. Mm-hmm. He's he's still spinning back fists and kicks and stuff, and it's like. Man, it just, but I don't know if that's just not being as confident in your, you know, your fundamentals of just being able to slow yourself down, throw one twos, you know, mm-hmm. try to shoot. Cause we've seen great wrestling out of Phillips. I mean, he, I think he had some takedowns last night. I can't remember that were mm-hmm. pretty nice, but mm-hmm. I feel like he could have got to that a little bit more. Um, but I'm saying all that. I'm being more critical of the judging in this one. Cause once again, this was probably fight of the night. I mean, yeah. just a phenomenal fight. Both guys were just landing bombs on each other and great win for Piva. Yeah. So for me, again, going back to the judging, the the big thing for me, okay, what's a ten eight? Like we still, I don't feel like we still have a clear. Yeah, there is. They, I've listened. Um, I listened to the um, Anik Florian, and they gave, they did like almost half an episode explaining it. Um, and what's happened is the athletic commission is basically now. Uh, they've given more distinct breakdowns of ten eights, and they're wanting um, judges to be more like frugal in giving them. Um, okay, so is that is that dependent on what athletic commission we're talking about? Uh, well, it's I, I I believe it's the Las Vegas, but I think all of them kind of follow what Vegas does. Um, like I don't think it's necessarily. I, I would have to pull it up. So like I don't remember everything they were saying, but I think basically ten nines are now they only want those to be reserved in a super close round where like one athlete maybe does just enough, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, so like the prime example would be like the last round of um Sanhagen Dillashaw super close round probably could have went either way but you know depending how you saw it mm-hmm. you know I thought Sanhagen but I could see where somebody could say Dillashaw no yeah. big deal but like that 10-8 like 
the first round of that Phillips Piva, if you're dropping a guy multiple times in a round, he's not really doing anything offensively. Just recovering. More recovery, yeah. Um, I think that's kind of more where they're wanting them to give out more 10 I think we're just running, this is just a new thing. We're just going to see more of this. Mm-hmm. But it's going to lead to horrible judging decisions, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. This this just takes me to like the whole the judging as a whole and how that should be reformed and what, like what's a good answer or sure. what's a good new, like different model to use. I don't know. And I don't have good answers to any of those questions. Yeah. But I do think it was a really good fight and I was almost more impressed with, uh, which I don't, I've seen people put, I thought it just thought it was funny. Um, Uriah doing the translation. That's cool. But it seems like, since they were having to go through multiple yeah, people. Yeah, he was like him to him to me. I think the other <laughs> coach like, probably just spoke like real choppy or maybe broken English, and he was kind of telling it, taking it from him. Because you've seen that coach as Uriah was like telling him what he said. He was mouthing it like, yeah. I came to U.S. to you know train I, with good people. And I thought was, maybe, or maybe like Paiva was giving it to that guy in Portuguese, and like maybe that guy knows like Spanish, and then Uriah yeah. knows like, <laughs> I didn't know what was happening though. Uh, but yeah, super good fight. And I'll be honest, man, I think, uh, moving on or moving forward for Piva, I think he should just stay at 35. I mean, he yeah. struggled to make that 25, and he looked good. I think he looked. He great. looked a little undersized, but he recovered from the big shots from a big fighter in Phillips, and then in the second and third, he really found his range striking and right. um, was able to hurt Phillips a little bit and you know tire him out some too. So I agree. I'm I'm interested to see what he looks like moving forward. So quick definition, boys. Uh, this is from the um, BigJohn.com. Yeah, the official Facebook. unified. No, this is the official unified MMA rules for scoring. Uh, it says the following objective scoring criteria shall be utilized by the judges when scoring a round. A round is to be scored as a 10 10 round when both uh, contestants appear to fight evenly and neither contestant shows dominance in a round. So we might have never seen okay, a 10 10. No, not, we should have. But that's not. Francis um, and Derek Lewis should have been two 10 <laughs> yeah. maybe three. <laughs> Here's my problem. It states in the beginning objective criteria, right? But then yes. it says appears to do this. That's not objective. That's subjective. Well, that's fighting mm-hmm. though. It's always right, going to so be but, objective. But that's I know that's my problem. There's no way. But to, you're fighting. At that point, you're just you're fighting, and you're going to drive yourself nuts over that. I know because it's yeah. always going to be objective, no matter what. No subjective. Or uh, yes, sorry, subjective. Um, no, uh, ten nine round. Uh, is to be scored when a contestant wins by a close margin, landing the greater number of effective legal strike strikes, grappling, and other maneuvers. Uh, to me, that's why Sanhagen wins. I guess I'd have to go watch that fifth round. TJ mm-hmm. didn't take him down, though, did he? I mean, I thought... He, San- he got to that back position. But that's not a takedown. If you're marking that as control, I'm guessing they is what do I'm saying. Mark, they do mark them. If you return them to the mat, which well, that's what would be called in wrestling, mm-hmm. but in UFC or I think MMA, he did do that they once, mark, They mark them as takedown. But I still feel like Sanhagen did more of the striking, more effective. Uh, 10-8 is to be scored when a contestant overwhelmingly dominates by striking, striking or grappling in a round. So I think that's when you're seeing with Chandler Oliver with this one, fight. Round one? Yeah. Yeah, possibly. And then a 10-7 is when a contestant totally dominates by striking or grappling in a round. That would be me versus Brandon. Um, yeah, pretty much. Moving on. No, I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> anything else on Piva Phillips, boys, before we move on? No, I think they're both still kind of like the main event. I mean, yeah, I'd like to, I hope. I just hope Phillips learns, man. I, I don't want to take anything from Piva because, you know, he, he looked great in those last two rounds after getting pretty beat up in that first. But I still think that fight was there for Phillips. He just kind of blew his wad so early. Um, what was that? That was my sound effect for what you just oh, said. I was like, what? 
<laughs> well, do it. Can you do it again? <laughs> well, okay, boys. Uh, one of the worst decisions I've ever seen in a while. Macy Barber defeating Miranda Maverick via 28-29 or 29-28 across all three judges. Um, maybe I need to go back and watch it because I no, apparently missed something. I clearly felt like uh, Maverick dominated rounds one and two. Barber definitely won the third, um, but how Macy wins that fight, I don't see it. I've never rolled my eyes harder than her and everybody else saying, that elbow erased everything. Like The elbow, the spinning back fist, she walked right through it. Yeah. She took it and went and kicked her. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I felt like... <sighs> I, don't know. I think somebody Macy, has Dana White privilege. That's for sure. Uh, I think oh. Ma- Macy looked like a to me a completely different fighter in the third. Um, she kind of she kind of woke up and she did that that last fight too. Yeah, and she, yeah, and she was landing big shots. She was pressuring Maverick. Um, I think that's kind of was you know seeing that as kind of the Macy back before she tore the ACL uh, or that Roxanne Montefiore fight where we were like this girl's legit. She's gonna be a mm-hmm. contender. Like it was just like a quick glimpse of it, but it didn't happen until the third round. Yeah. I mean, to me, I just don't. I mean, even going through those scoring criteria is right there. Like, no. how do you even score one of those rounds, the first two for Barber? I'm going to have to go back and look again. Me too. I must have missed something. Well, what I remember was it, it was definitely close, and I think Maverick press, pressured her a lot more. Yeah, but she controlled the center. I thought that Macy had a couple of good wrestling exchanges. Maybe I'm not remembering that correctly. Not that no. I remember. Really? She looked small. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, it was just she was getting pressured. For me, it was, a bunch, of, it was a bunch of Miranda cutting her off and then kicking her. Cutting her off, kicking her, and she, Macy not really able to get nothing off. She had, she didn't have Miranda's back, but she had her down on her hands and knees, and she was Macy was his. one for six in takedowns okay. and two minutes of control. So, what I was Maver- What was Mer- one Ma- for one? One for one. Yeah, she only had a minute twenty one of control, but, but she was pressing both. She the was first and second round. She was walking her down, yeah, kicking her, walking shot. her down, yeah, landing I just, shots. I just, I'm like you though. I'm, I gotta watch it again because I, yeah. I clearly missed something in those yeah, first I two. I don't know. Do you guys watch? You guys watch them with commentary? Uh, yeah. I did. Yeah, I don't. I didn't watch it. I feel like that makes a big difference. You guys should try that sometime. Yeah. Like well, afterwards. that would be the one to do it because. Yeah. But at this point, I feel like I'm well, so. Here's biased. The, this <laughs> is what killed me, right? Is I felt like, and I'll have to go back and listen. I felt like. Cruz and DC were both like, yeah, you know, Barbara probably feels like she needs to get a, a finish here because, oh, yeah. you know, she probably are down these last two rounds. And then at the end, they're like, yeah, you know, she took the chance, did the spinning back fist, and that's what kind of, you know, got oh, her the edge. One of like, them, you're one not of, even matching up what you were saying. As they were walking out of the cage, I heard one of them say, and it might have been like Cruz, because I'm like, what are you talking about? He surprised like, me. Well, he was like, clearly that third round won her that fight. Yeah, but this isn't pride, dude. She lost yeah. the first two. Like, and she definitely didn't win 10-8. Yeah, you, well, you're like, you, well, you're like, you don't go back. Like, you know what? I'm going to give her that second round because of how good she did in that third round. Yeah, like, right. they, they turn in their scores at the end of each round. So I don't know I what don't he meant by that. But DC, DC was pretty critical of it, too. He was yeah. just kind of like, no, nah, I don't I don't get that at all. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, I'm, but, I mean, you know, for I guess the upside for Barber is you get a win. You get yep. to learn a lesson. It and can Content as someone who's up and coming. Yeah, for sure. And and she looked great in that third round. Well, and too. Maverick and Barbara are both young, so it's not like this is going to no, derail yeah, right. Miranda. But it is unfortunate because I thought she had a really good game plan and executed really well and stayed in there. Right. Boys, Elkins going to Elkins. Darren Elkins defeating Derek Minner via second round TKO. Uh, probably a 10-8 first round for Minner. I thought yeah. he, you know, he, he kinda, was all over him. Yeah, man. he was like, that, that was tiring. Looked, that looked miserable. It was me watch. versus Kyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he dominated the first round. Uh, they came out in the second round. 
and and Elkins kind of started to turn it up a little bit. They had some crazy ground exchanges. Minner got to like that front headlock position, and you could see James Krause. They went to him as as it happened. He was like, "Don't sit for that guillotine. You Use that to it. snap yeah. down, snap him down." And uh, and Minner sits back with a guillotine, and Krause <laughs> just like slams his head like like it's like he knew yeah. uh, that it was over at that point. Uh, Obviously, Elkins defended the guillotine beautifully and just got on top. Crucifix. Crucifix. And Minner was just, I mean, you could tell he was done in his face. He was just absolutely gassed. Um, but that's how Elkins does it, man. He just he gets hit. Grinder. He gets cut open. He uh, gets out of really deep chokes. And then yeah. he just takes people's soul away. Shout out to our Indiana native. Legend. He's a legend. legend. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Dude has 26 UFC fights, now 27. It's crazy, man. Uh, he's, it, well, it's basically what Dominique Cruz said, I believe. He said, unless you're the best in the world... This is what you're gonna get from you know you're, if you're gonna fight Darren Elkins and you're not the best, yeah. This is probably what's gonna happen to you. Just the ability though to defend, 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 and then it's like his defense is also his offense. Well, it's, it's like he like, said, you know, training at Alpha Male. Yeah. It's like Guillotine City, so sure. you know if your chances of you getting that on him, he sees it every day. These wrestler right. type smaller guys. Man, but that first round, he was just. I mean, there was a couple times where I think then uh, yeah, Minner had him in an arm bar that looked so tight. Oh yeah. I think he had him in like a guillotine or a rear naked or something. It just, that looked tight. And I'm like, man, how does this dude Did just. Did you hear them read off his wrestling record? Uh uh-uh. uh. It was like 119 and four. Jeez. Like high school? Yeah. Jeez. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. But I mean, I mean, it goes to show that. But yeah, good, good showing for Elkins. And, you know, he doesn't sound like he's like, because I know that he had lost four in a row before these last two. And right. he said that he went to some really bad times and was like close to possibly. Uh, calling it quits, but hopefully they get him some more, exci- a couple more exciting fights, mm. maybe on a Indiana card. Dana White, please mm. don't change, Jeez. don't yeah. change, Elkins, don't change. Uh, our last fight on the main card, boys: <sighs> Adrian Yanez defeating Randy Costa via second round TKO. Uh, Costa looked great for the first round; <laughs> he was staying long, uh, using his jab, jab staying, yeah, staying behind the jab. Um, was giving Yanez a lot of problems. Uh, he did fade a little bit towards the end of that first round, and then Yanez kind of seemed to settle in. Came out in the second round, Yanez got his jab going, then landed a huge body shot against the cage, kind of got and him backing up, and then uppercut oh. dropped him. Finished him. Um, he's now won seven in a row. Nine of uh, nine by knockout. Nine of his wins uh, are by knockout, and I think he is give that due man a number for a big fight. Yeah, give him a ranking because at this point, I think what's, this card is basically, um, you know, the story of it outside of Elkins is, you know, younger, you know, sure. up and comer fights that both of these people are probably gonna. Yeah. You know, see each other again or be on their way up when it comes because Costa looked really, really good. This is his first fight that got out the first round. Yeah, he's he's good because he's too. just been yeah. you know finishing people. He's got a lot of upside. Yeah. Um, and then the bounce back from Giannis. Yeah, because I I I'm I'm a big fan of him at this point. The fights I've seen him put together, I think he's going to be yeah. a really big problem. And I was like, man, this might be the one that kind of yeah, teaches him a lesson. Dude. But I don't know if you've seen which. If you didn't listen to the commentary, you didn't hear it. But DC was basically saying to counteract that jab, you need to parry it and basically throw it at the same time and hit him. So he says that, and then he does it. Then uh, Yanez does it and then points at DC like, I heard you uh, say yeah, it. Yeah, I saw that. So yeah. he like made an adjustment. In it. He was like, thanks, DC. He's yeah. on point, but I, I didn't yeah. know. <laughs> but from that point on, he kind of like really kind of started pouring it on. Wow. But I'm a big fan of Yanez. I think he's going to have one of those. Um, yeah, It's going to be tough dealing with him, man. Seven in a row. That's crazy. 
yeah. the UFC. And it's it's not against scrubs. I mean, he's he's beating really good people. Right. You guys ever notice, anytime anybody does something big with a body shot like that, especially with punches, it makes me think about how few people actually target the body like that. You guys ever pay attention to that? Like, most people yeah. just throw to the head so Dude, why, much. Do you think it's because in MMA, and I'm asking, I don't know, but I wonder if in MMA, it seems like it'd be so hard to get to the body because of kicks and knee, like elbows. elbows, so many different things. You're, you're way more open to counters because you can't recover to block at that point. And, what, and then I think it's also just a matter of, like I said, like elbows and short little things that you can do. Because in boxing, obviously, all you're worried about is hitting and coming back. You don't have... You have punches coming at you, but right. you can't get clinched. You can't get, you know, taken down. But also, you know, as we've seen, you know, with, I don't know, you see it with the MMA boxing critique is a lot of MMA fighters, although they have good MMA boxing, it isn't necessarily good boxing boxing. Mm. And the the MMA fighters who do have the better boxing do have better body shots. When you talk about like the Diaz's, JDS was really good about going to the body. Stipe had that big you know, fight with DC. Yeah, you, people who actually do have higher level MMA boxing, but on a smaller level, I think people are just too nervous to drop that hand, drop that level, mm. and keep their face open. Yeah. Well, boys, that's UFC Fight Night. TJ Dillashaw versus Corey Sanhagen. Anything else before we move on? That's probably one of... I don't know if that might be the best fight night card we've had all year. It's pretty good. As far as like, just like the level of fight out of all five fights, like they were all pretty good. Yeah. In terms of how they performed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Also want to throw out their result. Rachel Ostevich defeating Paige Van Zandt via unanimous decision. Mm. Uh, Paige now falls to 0-2 in bare knuckle. Still smiling. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about this after this result. Uh, Tell me what you guys think. Because obviously... You know, we've seen the UFC, Dana White. They've let some, you know, pretty high-profile fighters walk in the past couple of years. And and maybe other than, obviously, like Sergio and Musasi, um, you could maybe throw Bader in there, although I don't know that, you know, Bellator is really presenting him much of a challenge or, or many guys, you know, at his level. Yeah, he's the heavyweight and yeah, like it's champ. Yeah, um, but, like, have, have none of them have really found success outside of the UFC. You go through like Mighty right. Mouse, Pettis, Page, Eddie Alvarez, Vincent Henderson. Yeah, so Rory. yeah, all these guys. Rory may may be one of those that's an exception a little bit, but I mean, he's never won a title. Yeah, I don't think he's no. Won I mean, a that's title, why he left he? Bellator, yeah, right? You know? So, but it's kind of like hard to argue. Like it seems like they get they they do get it right. Like it's, it's like when you see them let some of these guys go, you're like, what are they thinking? And it's and like, they underperform. Yeah. But it's, it's the like Patriots, dude, the Patriots, they never pay anybody. And they let these guys go. And you're like, why are you going to let, you know, uh, so-and-so go. And then they go to another team. And it's, it's like, like oh, oh, that's why. Well, it's yeah. just like, yeah, I just, I guess it's more credit to them of like being able to see, like mm-hmm. you're just not at this level and you know, yeah. different things. But like I said, I mean, there's like Phil Davis, you know, he's another one. It's just, Sage, Sage North it's, yeah, it's like, it's just, they don't really miss a lot when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all the results we got. So let's keep it moving, boys, because this Saturday night, we have another UFC fight night. Our main event, number 11, Sean Strickland versus number 8, Uriah Hall. Uriah is coming in on a five-fight win streak. Obviously, his last fight was the Chris Weidman leg break, which came just 17 seconds into the fight, making Hall the first fighter to win a UFC fight without throwing any strikes <laughs> or landing. <laughs> Uh, Sean is also coming in on a five-fight win streak, his last three coming in the span of only seven months. This will undoubtedly be his toughest test yet in his UFC career. Boys, what are your thoughts on our main event? 
I think this is a. Uh, it's. I think it's going to go under the radar until people see it. I don't think people are necessarily talking about it as much. Yeah. Because Hall kind of had a rough go, and then he kind of got this. Started picking up this steam, and then that Weidman fight. Obviously, nobody wants to see a fight in like that because yeah. even if you're Hall, you can't really be like, "You see my last performance." Yeah, my leg is strong. Yeah, like, it's, it's tough. And then with Strickland, you know, this is his like chance to get a name, like you know, a a, a bigger name under his belt and kind of stamp his place in the division as well. So yeah, it's a big jump, man. I mean, Uriah, and, and the thing I think that's interesting. And with this matchup is, you know, Strickland is, he's kind of a more, you know, flat footed, just kind of walks guys down. He stays heavy on his lead leg. He throws mm-hmm. big. He's got a huge right hand uh, that he lands uh, and he's, he's, it's fast. Uh, but then you got Uriah that's, you know, I still think on his day is one of the best strikers uh, in the division, possibly the UFC. I mean, I just, I still think there's so much upside. You I mean, just never know what you're going to get. Saucy fight that yeah. spin. Yeah. I mean, you, but you just don't know. Yeah you know, what you're going to get with Uriah. He, he does tend to start really slow in fights, but mm-hmm. like once he settles in and gets going, starts mm-hmm. flowing, even like that Anderson Silva fight, like you can tell it was like, oh, I'm fighting Anderson Silva. And there was like two rounds of like, I need to, like this is like a lot. And mm-hmm. when it shouldn't have been, because once he settled in that third and fourth round, I mean, he just the way he finished. On. When did he finish him? Fourth round. Oh, okay. TKO. Sure yeah, no, th- fourth round. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just... You just don't know what you're going to get. I, I think there's a lot of holes for Uriah to expose in Strickland's game. I don't mm-hmm. think, you know, Strickland, like I said, he just pressures, pressures, walks forward, but he doesn't do anything too fancy footwork-wise. I think if Uriah can stay on his toes, chop at that lead leg, like I said, I think he presents a lot of problems, but, man, Strickland is tough. Yeah. He's and tough I, as they come. And man. I think when it comes to Hall, it's who he's been in there with, who he's been able to perform against. Strickland doesn't have anybody on his record – you know, better than the past couple people that, you know, Hall's fought or beat, even yeah. for that matter. And just the style clash of being kind of a more stationary forward target. Yeah. That kind of sets yourself up. But, you know, Costa, Paula Costa was able to kind of walk Uriah down. Sure. And, but I don't think you can, you're not, I'm not really going to be able to compare that power because, you yeah. know, you don't haven't seen that as much mm-hmm. from Strickland. Yeah, so. Costa's a little bit more tricky, mm-hmm. I would say, than Strickland. Like I said, Strickland, he doesn't, but he's, his basics, man, those one, two, one, two, yeah. big two, you know, he, well, that was big in the last fight, right? Like his last fight he had was that one two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. That uh, there was that uh, Polish guy, I can't Jocko something. I can't Jocko. I think is his name. Um, but uh, but tell me what you guys think. Looking at the top of the eighty five pound division, right? Izzy's beat mainly, mostly everybody, if not everybody. We know he's going to fight Whitaker next, but I personally think whoever wins this fight could literally be one away from a title yeah. shot what do you guys think i mean it may seem a little bit more of a stretch for a guy like strickland mm-hmm. but i think especially for hall i think you win this you're one away yeah i think the only person who could stand in his i mean with the one away i agree with as far as like if he wins this putting him up there if cannoneer can beat gastelum that's one right. of the only people outside sure. of till that yeah but you could then match cannoneer and hall or yeah. cannoneer Oof. strickland you know whoever uh whoever Can- wins cannoneer and hall would be be a good one yeah that'd be a tense one yeah i i think this is yeah i, I think whoever wins this gets thrown in a title eliminator fight so there's a lot of implications on this or a I plug-in mean, you know somebody gets hurt there's always that too yeah you never know so and uh you know like whitaker's dropped out of fights so yeah you know he's he struggled with health uh hopefully that's, strickland's elbows all right his oh from uh, uh orlando orlando yeah. yeah yeah we'll find out man uh, well, boys, we have a co-main event, which means we also got a daggy.
for Brandon to yeah. sink his teeth in. We have Chris Dawkins versus Shamil Abdul Rahimov. Uh, Dawkins is a perfect three and zero in his UFC career. He's on a four fight win streak um, in his overall career, and his last victory is whoop, sorry, I lost my place in my notes. Uh, oh, sorry, all four of his victories are first round knockouts of his last four. Three and zero in the UFC, four in his career, all last four knockouts. There it is. Uh, Shamil hasn't fought since two thousand nineteen. He had some like visa issues and some personal. He's he was scheduled to fight Gone, I know, last year, and that fell through and. He's had a couple fights fall through, um, but his last fight was in 2019 where he lost second round TKO to Curtis Blades. Uh, before that, though, he was on a nice three-fight win streak, which included wins over Marcin Tabura and Andre Arlovsky. Uh, Dawkins is a guy everyone sees as a future heavyweight contender, but Abdur Rakhmakik... <laughs> say it, Brandon. I can't say it. It's I'm not even going It will definitely uh, be his toughest test to date. I think that's the last person to beat Tibera. I think you're right. Yeah, Tiberius. Yeah, he's, he's won like six in a row, six or seven. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he also got knocked out by Derek Lewis in 2016. Yeah, Shamil. I, so um, there's not a ton of you know footage on Shamil. He hasn't had the biggest fights. I, I was able to watch a couple of his fights on uh, YouTube and stuff. I think he presents some problems. I mean, he's he's a bigger guy, uh, really good. Obviously, pretty decent ground game. Although Curtis Blade just ragdolled him uh, mm-hmm. to that TKO victory. Actually put him in like the daggy handcuff and stuff mm-hmm. on the cage. Just kind of did his game to him. But I think his striking's a little crafty too, man. He's not afraid to spin for a big guy. He throws some spinning kicks, some nice spinning elbows. He can time them pretty well. Uh, but I, I personally think this is more of a the potential for a Chris Dawkins coming out party to me. Yeah, I, I mean, think- if with him getting past Olenek, I don't know if this will be much of a big difference as far as the level it's a big, it's a bigger day. This guy, I mean, Shamil, he's definitely going to be a tougher fight for him than Olenek because he's just more well-rounded. Well, I was just more meaning of like, because like with Dawkins being, a sh- for me, more of like a striker. Like I would say Shamil's up. more of a striker too. But say, I'm, well, I guess I was, Shamil's? they have yeah, him, I fighting style so. is a wrestling via ESPN. I but just, I mean, the fights I've seen of him, I just feel like he's, I mean, he's just a mixed martial artist, yeah. but I, I don't, I haven't really seen him other than that. Um, I think Arlovsky, I think he took Arlovsky down a couple of times. He, want, he beat Arlovsky by decision, but I guess what more what I'm saying is I don't think the grappling will be a, a big of a deal for Dawkins. Oh, no. Based off he of He handled it well in that Olenek fight. So it'll just be them standing and banging and Dawkins has yeah. so far been. Olenek had him against the cage a couple of times and, and tried to pull him down to the ground, you know, like how he goes for that Ezekiel mm-hmm. and Dawkins fought it off pretty well. Uh, Dawkins, man, his hands are so fast. He's like mm-hmm. that Tom Aspinall yeah. for a heavyweight in his right. I mean, he's got some crazy power in his punches. Fights really good in the clinch. Um, but yeah, it's this will still be a tougher fight for him. And um, Abdul Rahimov is ranked higher than he is. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a big, big opportunity for him. So um, that's our card. Those are the two fights that we're going to feature. Kind of a lighter card this week. Uh, so we didn't want to go too deep yeah. into it. Um, so let's go ahead and do our picks. But before we do, Brandon, update us. Okay, so John was the only person to come out with any points oh, last night. Yes, because real quick, uh, Macy Chasson and um, Aspen Lad, yeah. uh, we which we picked for, uh, that fight dropped out this week because why? Um, Macy uh, Macy dropped out. Yeah, sorry. I can't remember yeah, why. I think it was an injury. Something, yeah. yeah. So, so the only fight that we had to pick for was... Uh, Kyler Phillips, Paiva, and then the main event, Dillashaw yeah. Sanhagen. We, we all picked. Phillips. We all picked Phillips. Yeah. He lost, so that left Dillashaw Sanhagen and John. Picked How'd TJ. you say he won that? I think I picked by knockout or something. Oh, okay. He picked TK or 
Like third round TKO yeah, something or something like that. that. Okay. Anyway, so that means that the current standing, starting with last place, is Nate. Hey, for the record, <laughs> you guys have to admit that Chasson pick would have got me three. I have no mm-hmm. idea. I, I, I nailed that. I'm not pick. even going to go there. <laughs> um, I'm in second place with 48, and then John now has 54. So there it is. So 43, 48, 45, 48, 53. Or sorry, 54 for John. Oh. Oh, so it's still close. Mm-hmm. He's six points ahead. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Well, let's get to it. Uh, I don't think it's ish. I mean, it's math. We're talking about math. <laughs> well, I think it's for, for me, it's five. For Nate, it's six. Oh, okay. So ish. This five Saturday night, first fight we're going to pick for Chris Dacus versus Shamil Abdurakimov. I am going to pick Chris Dacus. Um, like I said, I think this is his fight to lose. Um, I think he's the better uh, striker, which I do think this fight will take place more on the feet. Um, and he's not an easy guy to take down either. Uh, so I'm going to say Chris Dawkins. I, I think he continues the first-round knockout trend. I think he finishes in round one KO, TKO. This one's tough for me. Which means he'll probably do it in the second round. I mean, you <laughs> have to you gotta represent. I know, but that here's the thing. I, I wonder if Shamil is going to... Because I know, like you guys said, Olenek, he, like, he did well with Olenek, but I don't feel like Olenek's that great a wrestler. Like, he's a good jiu-jitsu guy. But I wonder if Shamil is going to try to wrestle him because I don't know how much we've seen Dawkins have to deal with wrestling, good wrestling. Because he gets them all out in the first round. That's maybe. a good point. But Conor McGregor did that too, and then he ran into Habib. That's true. So I don't know. I okay. I'm going to go with Shamil. <sighs> Man, what's his last name? A. Shamil A. No, we need to hear the last name. For <laughs> yeah, you got, you, you give can't, me a lot you of can't lock your pick in if you don't yeah. say his whole name. Abdurakimov? I don't know. Abdurakimov? Abdurakimov. Abdurakimov. So I'll take, I'll take Shamil. I'll, take, I'll say unanimous decision. Nice. Okay. I'm going to take Dacus second round just because you took first. I, I think he's going to... I mean, I do think Shamil's going to be tough. You yeah, know, tough, be a tough put out, But Dacus has looked good. And I think that when it comes to heavyweight, I feel like there's only you know so many spots of like... The top guys, I think like six. After get after get under that, I feel like it's kind of a toss up. Yeah. Except for, unless you're an up and comer, and that's what I think Dawkins is. So. Yeah, it'll definitely put. I mean, really, either of these guys, it'll put them right up there mm-hmm. for a big fight. Um, our main event: Uriah Hall versus Sean Strickland. This is a tough one for me. I've literally gone back and forth so many times. Um, I think I'm going to go with Strickland, though. And I, I, I was Uriah Hall. I felt Uriah Hall most of the week if I, as I've thought about this fight. But I'm going to go Strickland. I think there's just, I don't know, because Uriah is 5-0. and Ever since he moved to Fortis MMA, he's looked great. Seems like he's found kind of that switch a little bit. Um, but I'm going to say because he starts a little slow, you can't start slow against a guy like Strickland. You know, before you know it, you could be down two, three rounds. Um, and he could finish him. Uh, and Uriah, it's... You know, his last two, right? The leg break, okay, it was a win. But didn't really get much out of it in the Silva fight, you know? So it's like, I feel like there's a little bit more uncertainty for him coming into it. Really? Yeah. Even with Silva? Yeah. Silva looked great in that fight. I mean, that was undoubtedly is probably one of his best fights really? in recent history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think I'm going to go Strickland on this one. Um, I think it's going to be a tough one. I'll say Strickland. I think he gets... Gets it done, unanimous decision. I think it goes five. I'm going to take Hall, and I'm going to go with knockout TKO, and I'm going to say round two. 
I think it's going to be a spinning back kick to the body. Mm. I think there's just, that's what's weird. There's so many different stipulations and like, I just feel so, it's so hard for me to pick your eye because you just don't know. Like, Mm. I think he's the better fighter. Like Mm -hmm. I could see it, but you just don't know what you're going to get out of him. I just can't pick guys like that. It's tough. I'm uh, also going to go your eye hall. You said second round or third? Second. I'm going to go first round TKO. Wow. Fourth round TKO. And there it is. That's this Saturday night. Because when he does turn it on people, it gets pretty overwhelming yeah. pretty quick. And he can Dude, I'm telling you, if he comes out, and like I said in, in the preview, if he comes out, it just depends what you're going to get. I'm calling a Ultimate Fighter Hospital trip kick. Okay. And there okay. it is. Let's get some news. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Boom. Go, Brandon. Go. Okay. So the first one I had was the Aljo Yan fight. They're targeting for 267 October 30th. Um, I don't know that that's completely set in stone, um, but I know that's what they're that's what they're targeting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be exciting because I've been waiting for that one to get set up for mm-hmm. a little bit now. So that'll be good because that'll bring some clarity to the to the title as well. Because I know Aljo had his neck thing and he was kind of out. So we're kind of seeing how he's recovering from that. Yeah, and. He- the way that fight ended and how bad Aljo looked basically until yeah. that. It'll be interesting to see if he can find any adjustments to make or if it's just going to be, you know, kind of delaying the inevitable. Right. Um, also, I did see on that, that's from what I've seen, Ariel Hawani tweeted, that's for UFC 267 at, yeah. in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, and they have another fight on that. Uh, Glover and uh, oh, yeah. Jan. Yep, Glover and Jan. <laughs> yep, Glover and Jan. That'll be good. Um so, yeah, and then the next thing I had was they announced, or I don't know that it's, again, I don't know that it's set in stone, but Anderson Silva and Logan Paul mm-hmm. for a boxing match. Um, and then Logan Paul is, I think, the favorite. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting, man, because Anderson was very active, and I felt like Logan Paul's fight with Floyd was more kind of him chasing Floyd down, and mm-hmm. Floyd kind of, well, that's how he fights. Right. But Anderson is very active with his jab. He's going to move around. He's going to throw more. He's bigger. Yeah, he's and not he's a, not. Yeah, he's not a small fry, yeah, and he's and he has power. You know, he he can take mm-hmm. punches. So I, I mean, and here's the thing, Logan could. You know, I mean, Anderson has got his chin has got a lot more shaky, and he could still get caught. But we're also talking boxing gloves. We're talking a guy who's really good at rolling off punches mm-hmm. and head movement. I mean, that's what he's known for. Yeah, I don't. You know more about boxing than me. Who did Anderson just beat? He just beat uh, Julio Chavez Jr. So how does he compare to like a Logan? Well, Julio Chavez Jr. is a world champion boxer. Okay, so that's, I mean, fair enough. Yeah. What about, like, size? He's older. I mean, he's, there's, there, Logan's probably a little bit bigger. Okay. But he also is probably slower. Okay. So. I'm I'm more excited for this than I was for, like, Logan Floyd. Like, I definitely want to see Logan Anderson. And here's the thing. If you're an MMA, you're like, Anderson, you do this. We can finally stop doing this whole MMA's boxing isn't good enough. Like this is, I mean, obviously Woodley is still another one, but Anderson's the only guy who's really showed up for the MMA community. So yeah, 100%. That's a big one. Um, along that lines, I don't know if you guys seen, but the Oscar De La Hoya Vitor fight is being moved from an exhibition to a sanctioned fight. Saw that. Yeah. An actual sanctioned boxing match. So that'll be interesting. And they're doing this at 180 pounds. Uh, and you have to be within a five pound limit, and they're going to be eight two minute rounds, which is weird. Mm. Return of the TRT. Yeah. Um, some more news. We got. Um, let's see. Uh, in the boxing, just sticking with boxing, so because I got a couple things for that. Uh, Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter are going to be fighting, 
or at least that's what they're trying to put together is a mandatory candidate for Bud Crawford. So that's a big Does one. That excite you, Brandon? Um, no. Porter Porter's been calling him out for a while, and Bud's kind of played this whole like I'm bigger than you card. And then now that the fights got put together, it seems like he's like, yeah, now you got to really fight me. That's what yeah. Crawford's saying, but it is what it is. And then also they're trying to uh, put together Canelo Alvarez and Caleb Plant on uh, Mexican Independence Day weekend. Do you guys see uh, Brandon Moreno training with Canelo? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, we also got let's see what else we got here. Oh, the um, Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler fight is going to be five rounds. Yep. I know we talked about that last week. So we, yeah, we yeah, weren't. We confirmed it. I did find this uh, amazing picture, and it's a fun fact that when they first, when Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler first fought, Habib was 15 years old. Oh, Whoa. wow. <laughs> and now that is weird. The, you know the year or so after he retired they do a rematch that's mm. crazy so that's pretty funny he couldn't even stick around and yeah like, oh, wow. we also got your boy artem lost sorry man i saw yeah, that stopped but he got beat by a wno champion and yeah. an olympic gold medal or yeah, silver medal like legit dude yeah I me mean, beat paulie in that bare knuckles so. well he and artem's thing was like if i beat this and i got big boxing matches in my future because this yeah. guy's a champion and an olympian and that did not go so well. That's who they fought in jeans. Do you yeah. see it? Yeah. No. They fought in literal jeans, and like the ring was like sandbags. Cool. Yeah. Like there was like no ropes. Sounds very like Rambo-ish. Yeah. Rambo yeah. too. It's it's weird, man. Um, the other thing I had was um, just taking away from boxing for a second was the Nikki Ryan Dante Leon match. They actually posted that on YouTube. If anybody's oh, interested. Oh, did they? I, you sent that to me this morning, but I I watched it when it happened. Okay, yeah. Two weeks, or, well, yeah, last weekend. Was it last weekend? Yeah. Okay. Did you guys talk about that? Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. my bad. I wasn't you were, here. You weren't here. Yeah, it's, yeah, we yeah. Here. it's cool. Uh, real quick, another but interesting... real quick, his wrestling. How impressive was Nikki's wrestling? That was super impressive. Oh, yeah. I did not see that coming at yeah, all. Yeah, I know. Especially against Dante. Dante. Yeah. yeah. A last little bit about that 267 announcement for Abu Dhabi with Jan and Glover and then Aljo and Yan. Um, it's going to be interesting enough it is not currently scheduled to be like a number, like a pay-per-view event in yeah, the USA. That well. And that hasn't happened since Spike. So yeah. Like 138, right? Or yeah. Like that. So that'll be interesting. But, you know, that's a big market and but the timing is different. I think it's going to play here at like, yeah, like 10 in the morning yeah. or something. Well, I want to hit you guys with something. I thought this would be pretty fun. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes we like to play games on here and or just little fun things. So my fun whoa, thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Brandon never plays games. That's true. Wait a minute. How What's the level of fun on this? If it's more than a three, I'm not doing it. Yeah. That's for children. Okay. Yeah. Games are for children. Whatever. So, real quick, off the cuff, okay. you got to put together a fight card, three fights. You have a main event, co-main, and one under, obviously. I can do anybody? The co-main event and the main event can be title fights anytime. It could be any era, retired versus current, retired versus retired, whatever you want to do. You're putting together your ultimate three fight card. Starting right now? Yeah, go. Go. Okay, main event. We've got to. You got to do John Jones Francis. Shut up! No, no way. <laughs> That's okay. like the biggest fight you could literally make right now. Okay, so my main event. What? It's for him. It's his personal. Because <sighs> I feel like I'm feel trying like to think of what would bring in the most money and the most viewers. No, I feel like we should tag team it. I feel like if we ran our own promotion. Oh, we're ooh. gonna do that. Yeah. I don't, we, he's changing the rules on you. Which means, I mean, which means you have to listen to me. Yeah, this That's is all it means. You have to listen to me too. There's no bigger main event than Francis. If we right want, now, if we want to make some money, people do not care about John Jones right now. He's fizzling oh away. 
is Luna Way. <laughs> Here's the, this is why what? we can't do tag team this because there's no way he's gonna what? give up any ground on John Jones. What? Dude, just take him. Just take him out of your. Dude, Francis your John does two million pay per view buys tomorrow. You okay, can do it tomorrow. So does so does McGregor Poirier four. No, it, it didn't even do it this last one. So. <laughs> so it wouldn't do it for the four. How do you know? I'm surprised you didn't just immediately go Habib GSP. Uh, I was gonna. That's what I was gonna do until no. He, that, that's that a good was, co-main. See, I'll do the main. You do the co-main. No, that's the main. If you want to put Jones on there, he's got to be at least your third fight. <laughs> no way he's co-main. I'll give you the third Brandon, fight. Stop it, dude. I'll even give you a title. The title fight. Yeah. No, so we'll he's a, he's the main. No, you said he could yeah. the third. Well, here's here's the problem though. In UFC, for the most part, when you do pay-per-views as far as co and co-mate the higher weight class yeah. usually gets the main event so. and the one that's going to make the most money mm. yeah Habib GSP I, brings in more that would be interesting I, I'll give you that one that would be what? only like GSP Habib versus more than Jones yeah that mm. that could be and and not because of Habib let's get real it's just well GSP, and the argument uh, is Francis isn't bigger than Habib or GSP sure that's what so, I'm saying so it's like when you talk about not yet yeah. But yeah, I, I think if you're going to do, I would be okay with that being the main event, but just as like one of those weird one-off type mm-hmm. things. So we could do that. Well, since that. you guys took those two, I will take the third fight, which is a non-title fight. But I think it's a fight that anybody who's a fan, and it's kind of, it's the only one that's two current fighters. Well, could not be, I guess. And it's the one fight that if I don't see it in my lifetime, I'll probably be very disappointed as an MMA fan, and that's Yair and Zabit. Oh, mm. yeah. Zabit's not even in the UFC. Is he in? Is he out? What know. are we doing? It depends on how his. That's his what I'm saying. I don't know if he's retired. Yet. I've just never. But seen I feel like that's one of that's. Dude, he's no. quit. Can he's you put the same fighter? Oh, no, I guess he could. I was gonna say because Habib Tony would be another one. Like we no, never saw. I'd love GSP Habib. Yeah, I mean that yeah. went that trumps at one sixty five. That's fine. Yeah, dude. yeah. And I will say if I had if if I could put another title fight in there, I would probably go. I, some of these would be like I kind of like some of the super fight ideas too because I'd love to see you know seeing how good like Jan has been and even like how Dillashaw one of them against like Volkanovski would be pretty cool. I'd still like to see Kayla Harris and uh, yeah. Manny Nunes. That's I think that's an exciting the potential of that matchup. I think could be exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that one too. They wouldn't do it, but you know it'd be interesting to see like Usman and like Adesanya and stuff like that. Because it'd have to be at 85, so then you'd have, like, a regular... I just want to, yeah, like throw it. Like, can we, like, invent, like, a Elon Musk, invent, like, a simulator? Yeah. We can take feelings out of it. It's just their bodies yeah. and their skills. Well, and here was going to be my other one for an all-time one, because if you took the feelings and all that out, I would have loved to see Kane in D.C. at heavyweight. Yeah, I think... Because I know D.C. says a lot that Kane beat him up, but... I think Prime Kane runs him. But D.C., I mean, D.C. Um, only... I think went prime, through everybody though. Prime Kane runs him. I guarantee I mean, it. Heavyweight Kane. at heavyweight, Prime Kane runs DC. I don't prime know, Kane man. Prime DC. You're saying Prime Kane? Yeah. Runs, yeah, I'd probably agree with that. I don't know, man. DC has power. Prime Kane runs him. And, and Kane gets hit with power and he goes out. As soon as Kane's back and um, uh, back and was it his neck or his ACL? Like, as soon as he started having his knee and back stuff, he just. Do you think that, did that happen before the first JDS fight? Um. No, I don't. I, I don't remember, man. I don't. Remember I thought it was timeline. afterwards. Yeah, I thought like after I know the by second the, JDS. I know by the Fabricio fight, he was pretty jacked up yeah. at that point. I'd have to go back. I don't remember the timeline of it, but I still think Prime Kane yeah. squashes because like Prime DC. He, I was he'd be too big. Number one, I think he's a lot bigger. I think he's a lot fat. And not that that matters necessarily in heavyweight because obviously DC was heavyweight champion. But I think in terms of their game, I think that would have a, he'd have a huge advantage in yeah. the grappling. 
I think he's got more power. I don't know, man. I, th- I think it'd be a more interesting one. As but they're far both as super like, similar too, yeah. with like pace, and they both kind of crowd guys, and mm-hmm. you know, the but, difference. Obviously, Kane throws some kicks. Dude, DC fact, doesn't. But. Yeah, but Kane, I just people forget, man. No, yeah. Well, and I was thinking, like you know, you know, we've obviously already seen like Adesanya and Anderson. Obviously, it wasn't prime Anderson. But I think with some of these matchups, when you talk about retired guys and active, is you'll run into some guys who are just, you know, things evolve, people have more weapons and yeah. have a little bit more different skill sets. Dude, I think Prime Anderson could still be super competitive oh, yeah. in today's UFC. I think he was just so far ahead of his time that mm-hmm. he's still pretty relevant, or his skill set could still translate well. Yeah. One more that you guys didn't mention that I was kind of surprised was Jones Lesnar. No, you don't think so. Nah. I think Brock got exposed to yeah. once he gets hit, he becomes a robot, and it makes it, it that because of that. Some of these guys, I don't be think tough. he would be able to. Now, do you think Lesnar could take down? I say now that would be interesting because never seen Jones on his back really. Yeah, yeah. and Brock's because I feel like Brock would just sell out and just charge. Jones I mean, he tried that with Kane and it didn't <laughs> yeah. work. Yeah, it, yeah, it just. It's tough. That's what I'm just like. Jones a heavyweight in general. I just want to see because I just want to mm-hmm. see it. I'm so sick of the videos. I just want to see it. Now there is some honorable mentions too, as far as like it probably wouldn't make the top three, but I wish I could have seen Rumble and Jones. That's one that I thought would be pretty interesting as far yeah. as just Rumble's ability to have that one shot that could really change a fight. Sure. Um, I would have loved to seen a, a prime Hinn and Burrell and a prime Cruz. Like before the Dillashaw fight, like how yeah. that climb that Hinnon was on. Hinnon Brow, that's such he's such a weird one, man. I think it's the the weight cut thing, man, and taking away the being able to use the IVs and stuff. I don't know. I think it's changed a lot of people. At one point, he just looked like nobody was going to beat him yeah. forever. That's what I'm saying. I wish the Cruz wouldn't have got hurt because that's the fight I wanted yeah. to see as he was coming up. Well, John, what's our song of the week, man? It is going to be. Let me pull it up. Give it the full name. Also, right. while he's pulling that up. Uh, Brandon, tell us about our Mac t- Matt talk we got this week because we do have a Matt talk coming out this week. Okay, so this week, so I'm going to go through every, like get, let them know who it is. Yeah, yeah, you okay. can let them know who it so is. So this week, guys, we're going to be talking It'll be Wednesday. To, okay. This Wednesday. So this Wednesday, we will be talking to a powerlifter, um, football coach. His name is Jim Windler. He is um, creator of the five three one training system. So if you guys are unfamiliar with that, I just encourage you to go online and look up five three one powerlifting, or look up Jim Windler and just look up some of his stuff because it should be an interesting one. Excited to talk to him. We got a lot of. We'll be talking to him. Uh, we're going to kind of talk to him about you know conditioning, um, over like what is overtraining yep. for MMA. You know, we're going to talk to him about peaking and, and how as an athlete you get your body to peak. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, the corollary, like, you know, you know, spending your time training and how much should you be lifting? I mean, just mm-hmm. any question. So if you're a fighter, if you're an athlete or maybe just somebody that's just interested in that type of stuff, make sure you come back Wednesday because we got mm-hmm. a fun one. Song is gonna be Kansas. Carry on, wayward son. <laughs> nice. Dang it! I wish we could just go out with that. I know. I could just play it on my phone. I, I wish guess. we. Yeah, just real quick, two seconds, because yeah. we don't want copyrighted. But it's just such a great song. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, Brandon, how many times have you cried to that song? Zero. Whatever. Zero times. Come on, dude. You're a liar. If you don't Zero. sing this to Oliver at least once, cry no more. Uh uh-uh. uh. Guess what? Bam. Bam. Copyright times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we might even still get pulled down. Sorry, Brandy. we don't own the rights to this music. We don't have any description. <laughs> Las Vegas, Illinois, and Kentucky. Yep. Uh, Brandon, before we go, man, you got anything for the people? Uh, nothing. Tune in the fights next week. Should be a good one. The fight nights tend to sneak up. You mean you miss a week and you got nothing? 
Well, you guys hung up on me last week, and I didn't get to say what I wanted to say. You so. deserved it. John, mm-hmm. do you have anything for the people? If you two don't step it up, I'm going to disguise you or expose you. <laughs> there it is. And I've got nothing either. So Wow. Um, I was here last week, Maybe though. the worst trash talkers need. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Hope you love your mom. You get owned weekly in our Facebook group chat. But that's neither here nor there. Mm. We will see you guys next week. I know on- Jacob loves that little exchange. There it is. The Neon Belly Podcast. Love your mom. Peace.